Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Here to introduce you to the great musicians and music businesses and organizations of Wisconsin. Every week, Wisconsin Music Podcast will be bringing you great information on what's happening in the Wisconsin music world. For our music-loving listeners, we'll bring you music that you haven't even heard of yet from unique and talented artists and hear about their journey so far. You'll either hear live performances of their songs or songs from their selected discography. For our musicians out there wondering what they can do to further their recognition, we'll be calling upon Wisconsin music businesses and organizations to enlighten you on what they're doing to help further your music journey. And now, here's your host, Zach. Thanks, Dean. Hey, Wisconsin. Welcome to episode 47 of the Wisconsin Music Podcast. I hope everyone had a great weekend, hopefully with music in some way. I got to go down to Chicago and lay down some saxophone for a group that a friend of mine, Alex Ramos, from episode 30, is a part of. It is so cool to be able to do another musical activity that I truly enjoy, recording with the instrumentalist hat on. Being able to be free to be creative is such a great experience, and thanks to Alex, Roy, and Brandon for letting me be a part of such a great experience. For those out there that haven't had a chance to do that part of the musical experience, I truly hope you get to experience that. You just have to be in the moment and not get inside your head when you when you participate in a recording session. Otherwise, you know, you won't have much fun because you'll be too much thinking, is it good enough? But what music should be is fun. So yes, there is the practicing to get better at it, but the result from that work is such a great payoff to do such a great activity. I hope you enjoyed last episode, last week Wednesday's episode with Emily White, and we talked about her podcast and book under the same title, How to Build a Sustainable Music Career and Collect All Revenue Streams. Let me know what you thought and see if I should bring more guests like that on to help you get better recognition. It's also the end of September, and my wife and I are celebrating 15 years of marriage, and our kid got the lead role of their production of Frankenstein at the university. I'm so proud and excited to see the performance. It's almost been two years since uh, they've been on the stage as a performer. Also, the next wave of holidays are coming up quickly. I can't believe it's this time of year already. And speaking of holidays, I've mentioned this last time. If you are a Wisconsin artist and you have holiday songs you would want to showcase, please send them in for the Holiday Music Showcase episode that will be airing in December. Please send your song files, not links, but files, to wisconsinmusicpodcast at gmail.com. And please put Winter Holiday Showcase in the email subject so I can keep it all nice and organized. Wave files are best, but high-quality MP3s will work just as well. I know there's also Halloween and Thanksgiving-based songs, and if you have those, send those in too. We'll make a big old holiday episode. Wisconsin Music Podcast t-shirts and hoodies will be on the Wisconsin Music Podcast website for pre-order very soon. Should be up hopefully sometime this week. And with that, we're going to get into the conversation with the periodicals. We're going to talk with John and Heather. Hope you enjoy it, and I'll talk with you guys after the interview. Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Today we have John and Heather from the Periodicals, and they're going to give us individual origin stories with music and then kind of what they did to get to where they are now with the Periodicals. So welcome, John and Heather. Hello. Hi. Thanks so much for having us, Zach. Thanks for yeah, being on. Zach. 
So let's start with this. Your origin story, music origin story. Where did you grow up? Musical family? Were you in the school bands? Multi-instrumentalist? One instrument? You know, all that kind of stuff just to give us a good detailed background on each one of you. So um, both my parents are, um, they studied with Mr. Hines in Chicago. So they were kind of like his protégés. This is probably, mm, probably in the 50s. My mother um, is classically trained. My father's dad is a blues guitar player big guitar red he's known up here and in wisconsin i'm also related to a blues legend miss memphis slim so i my grandfather really did run around with a lot of of the blues greats even bb king Clearwater, muddy water and i guess because like of his background my father had a band called uh, walter and the green berets in the 60s, they made a few albums. And so I've already, I've always pretty much been around music the whole time. Uh, I went to a um, music academy in Los Angeles. Hamilton Music Academy is what it was called then. The uh, award shows, uh, not Oscars. Oh man, this is bad. Um, the award shows that there's the, the awards every year is, oh my Grammys, they ran my school. And they actually had a school for students. So we got a chance to actually have some pretty good teachers um, show vocals and music lessons. You know, whatever you kind of discipline you went for, you actually got pretty decent. Teachers. So from there, I just kind of always kept music pretty much in my life. Um, about the time I met John, um, it was at a place down here called the Boz Meadery. And I was kind of looking for a place to actually sing. And he was him and I, and I believe Jeff was there too at the same time, we were kind of talking about um, how we'd like to put something together. And at the time it seemed to be right for both of us. So that's basically how we met. And we've been singing, I think going on two years now, performing on for almost two years now. Excellent. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. that's quite a, a backstory, Heather. Your family. No, that's, that's, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, no, it's phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> and like like Heather, I kind of grew up with a, my mother was a choral singer, actually, in the London Philharmonia. And so uh, as a kid, I, I got kind of dragged to uh, a lot of classical music um, <laughs> rehearsals, actually. Um, and, you know, some, some really big kind of names in there. But um, my interest was uh, always a bit more kind of um, on the ground, I guess you could say, a little bit lower brown, if you will. And I started playing in, you know, kind of, I guess they would be called kind of new wave bands coming out of high school and played with several bands in London, moved to the United States about at the end of the 90s, however long ago that is. And, um, you know, uh, was trying to make music, find collaborators, always been writing that whole time. And finally, I mean, Heather mentioned Jeff earlier, but he and I had been working for a few years. The periodicals has been going kind of a few years, but it's really taken off since Heather's involvement. She and I are this kind of lead singers, but I'd, I'd like to think kind of increasingly I, I can kind of uh, rely on her a little bit more. But we, um, yeah, we kind of had a vision for a band that would have this kind of essence of that kind of 60s uh, Motown kind of Northern okay. Soul feel to it, 
but would have a kind of contemporary vibe. And we wanted to also to kind of put together something that would be really accessible to people and that, to be honest with you, wouldn't necessarily easily fit into kind of categories. The thing that people always ask you, hey, what, what does your music sound like? What are your influences? And they, right. they're looking for a soundbite. They're looking for an easy, you know, it's heavy metal, you know? Well, it, it is, uh, it's some of its kind of edgy, kind of alternative rock um, in its flavor. Some of it's more like a kind of rumbunctious pop sort of pub rock kind of sound, but it's got this kind of solo tone. You know what? I kind of envision us more of like a biracial B-52s because we kind of have a few of those kind of like songs in there that are kind of like spy tuning like the B-52s. But we definitely have our own sound and we have lots of color now. So <laughs> we're just kind of like yes, out do. there. Yes, we do. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, we gave you a bit, bit of musical background to the two of us. But, yeah, we're just very lucky to be working with other folks who have got some significant ability. See, Rosenblum, our bass player, is just a first-rank player. I mean, he um, I could name a couple of bands that he played with, um, you know, kind of in Madison, but um, on the East Coast. Um, so he comes, he's really seasoned and just a very empathetic musician. Eric Wormadal, who's the drummer, uh, who used to be the youngest in the band until really recently <laughs> but with the addition of the brass players but you know he's again a very very accomplished drummer just uh he's from western wisconsin um down near lacrosse uh we mentioned jeff blakehorst who's um was making music in the milwaukee area before moving to madison uh, quite a few years ago and alida Lacoste, who's a multi-instrumentalist, um, very active in, you know, kind of community music. And uh, she's a really, really high level string player. So uh, she can, she just brings a very different dimension to it. all. actually had the honor of um, being on stage with her playing a couple of gigs. And yeah. also um, we went to yeah. undergrad together as well at UW-Milwaukee. So I've known her for, oh, yeah. for a long time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Cool. It's nice to have friends that are doing different things, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. So what's the goal with, with, with the periodicals? Oh, well, that's, that's easy. Um, you know, kind of world domination. Okay. <laughs> One mine at a time. <laughs> One show at a time. No, we, I, I do, I, I make no bones about it. I think we do have a kind of a musical as well as a kind of social mission. You know, we want to connect with people. We want to provide stuff that makes them think, but also kind of tap their feet. And I think we, we're really interested in breaking down barriers. And I think that, you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, in joking fashion, kind of musical categories, but I think that also, you know, it's very easy to fall into kind of social silos. So we're yeah. we're trying to break down those relationships too, you know? Yeah, cool. Um, I was just going to also say too, it seems like, like individually, each one of us kind of have, you know, 
you know, everybody's living in a COVID and a racially sensitive world now, I guess. So mm-hmm. we all kind of individually have kind of just, we kind of have our own different things like John works where he's actively, you know, dealing with the rights of other people. And as you and I talked earlier before the recording, you know, helping children get the services and things that they need, you know, that can also go into the, 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 the need for more diversity in the world. So yeah, I think when we're on stage, a lot of people are like, wow, you guys are like the happy band, like other bands that come or that play with us. We kind of have a, we have a, a stigma of being very happy and like, like, okay, if you were feeling bad before, you're not going to after you hear the periodicals. Well, I would yeah. hope that that's what an audience wants is that they go and feel better about, about the world you know? for a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, Zach, don't know about you, but I kind of grew up going out to see bands. Um, you know, this is in my neighborhoods uh, in North London initially, and then, you know, across the city. And it was the most exciting thing that you could do. It was, there was uh, a uplifting uh, element to it that you just wouldn't, you couldn't find anywhere else connecting with people and just the, to hear the music. And, you know, I'm, I'm into a lot of different kinds of stuff, but just being able to connect with people in that way and provide that electricity in a live show, that is really, really important to us. And, yeah. you know, just to go back to the social thing for a second, I mean, I remember the, pretty much the first conversation I had with Heather, one of my points of reference was the band The Specials out of Coventry in England. Yeah. <laughs> Good um, man. Because what I was doing, I mentioned to her was that I know that Jerry Dammers, who put that band together, was kind of uh, frustrated that the music that he was hearing and bands that he was seeing, there was a lot of great stuff, but none of it really represented uh, the the differences in the community that he grew up in. And the different people, the different races and, and the different cultures, right? So he tried very deliberately to put a band together that was was drawn from uh, his his neighborhood, but that of people that looked like they lived where he lived. Yeah. So that was part of the idea too. Yeah, I could definitely say John is definitely like that. You know, he's, yeah, which is a beautiful concept if you think about it for any band or a group of people who live in a community. Right. Yeah. Now you said that the Pirakos have been around for a couple years or did I mishear that? Yeah. Uh, no, we've all together been around. I want to say it's like seven years now. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's been a while. Um, in one shape or form. We've been writing at least that long. Okay. And variously kind of playing out. And yeah, we, as I think a lot of bands do, we want to connect with as many people as possible. How many shows mm-hmm. can you do? Um, uh, you know, <laughs> Uh, who's got time so look we're we're all people with real lives and jobs and families and so yeah. it's not always easy to play you know two shows a month that doesn't sound like a lot but can turn into a lot if you're if you're in that kind of situation so i think what we're looking to do maybe is get to the point where doing that kind of thing is easier mm. we're pretty much based in madison but we'd love to be able to play more shows in Milwaukee. Uh, we have a couple and then, and obviously elsewhere in the state be, you know, maybe kind of uh, just over the border too. That would be great. 
Yeah. So how did you guys get through the lockdown over the last 18 months? <laughs> well, maybe I'll start. Um, well, we had shows. We actually had, we were really, really excited because we had been offered and accepted a date to play at the McPike Park, Central Park Sessions at McPike Park in Madison, festival show. And we also had been offered to do uh, Eakin Park Fest, but we were in lockdown and we couldn't rehearse for months. Yeah. And and in in the event those shows went ahead, one of them was moved to the Garva Feed Mill and we played basically a sort of streaming show in front of a few people. And then actually Eakin Park Fest became Eakin Park, parked rather. And it was uh, literally. Just, yeah. So we had this weird experience of playing. Uh, as mm-hmm. in Heather mentioned, we want to be live and we want to be the fun band. And we're doing that at the North Street Cabaret Madison. And the only other person in the room is a, is a camera person. Yeah. Right. So with no audience whatsoever. Right. Um, so we, we were able to practice in the run up to that just a little bit by um, completely rejigging our practice space so that we had a big airflow and everybody was separated into their little, you know, partitions. <laughs> yeah. So um, that was kind of tough. And maybe like a lot of other bands, we tried to use some of the existing, um, tools to like Jam Kazam is a um, not to name drop, but is one tool that we tried to use to get together virtually, but it just turned out to be really impossible. Need a lot of bandwidth for that. Yeah, work. yeah. Like kind of just like you know playing and dressing up and full dress up and doing some stuff online. So maybe at one point we might do that more, you know, just so that we can get started on having a decent online presence. And, you know, I was actually going to talk to John a little bit about, uh, you know, there's a few places that I know that actually have stages, you know, so we were just thinking about maybe if we had to go in lockdown again, or if we just wanted to do something a little different, we would kind of more or less have videos with like a live performance or something. So just so people can get our energy right somehow you know and uh, maybe feel good about it you know when they can't see a show (laughs) i hear you we we wrote a lot of stuff but you know we it's a collaborative so Mm -hmm. none of the stuff that we've got i mean and even going back to like i was saying seven years ago all of that has evolved to fit the the members of the band now and I don't actually even really feel, I've reached the point where I don't really sort of feel like a, a song that we're developing has even started to go somewhere until everybody's played something on it. Some, everybody's sort of kicked in and said, okay, here, here's, here's what I'm thinking and pulled it. It's an elastic thing and just pulled it in the direction that is their fit. And it's amazing, really amazing the transformation that can happen yeah. once you get people together to do that. So we're still waiting to do that with a few tunes. And I think in our emails, you just, we kind of talked about you have some upcoming events that you're performing. I want you to kind of tell us a little bit about those. Yeah. Heather, do you want to start us off and I'll sure. jump in? Um, 
So we definitely have the one, um, I want to say it's the uh, Bob Queen, Eakin, not Eakin, Bob Queen, no. McGaffer Park, isn't that my eighth? That, so yeah, this coming Sunday, we're playing at, yeah, McPike Park for the Pursuit of Happiness sessions. That's right. Um, here coming up on Sunday the 8th of August, we're, we're on stage at 2.30. There's a whole raft of other really, really great acts on yeah. the bill, including sister strings from Milwaukee. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we're, we're doing that this Sunday. And then, and then one I think you... 21st you is the next yeah. one. The 21st of August. That one's going to be... That's the Eakin Park Eakin Park Fest. Eakin Park Fest. (laughs) Yeah, which is uh, kind of on the north side of Madison, near the East Little League Field or the North Street Cabaret, uh, Tip Top Tavern, if you know those landmarks. Uh, But Eakin Park uh, is, uh, I think, it's on Mayer Avenue, but it's become one of these secret, um, you know, kind of well kept secrets great little festival that the um, neighborhood's been putting on for the last four or five years. Oh, okay. So we're really excited to be doing that. And then yeah, you, it's a uh, Monday, September 6th at the labor fest. Yeah. The Mason labor temple. Yeah. The Madison labor temple down there on park street is where we're playing on the labor day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Do you have any recordings that I could put on the podcast so people can hear your stuff before they go out and yeah. see you guys play live? Yes. So the recordings, the best place to hear our stuff is to go onto Bandcamp. And our Bandcamp page is bandcamp.com, the periodicals. And we have record, a recording there of our latest EP, mm-hmm. um, which... Uh, we recorded actually just before the lockdown. Okay. Um, we had um, the really good fortune to be working. We we worked at Dojo Madison Recording Studio with Brian Knapp, who's an engineer, works out of um, Spring Green. He's involved with the, uh, I don't know what you can say on the radio, Shitty Barn, um, which, is the, um, which is the venue there. And so we did the recording in, in the fall of 2019. And then, and this is Heather's genius, really. Um, <laughs> we, we, we sat down to um, mix. Soul Sonic the, Studio with Matt LaPlante. He yeah. was the one who actually, yeah, Matt LaPlante, he actually was a teacher at MMI that I studied under for my recording arts degree. And Matt, we had, it was nice because Matt has really played or has recorded and also recorded some really big names that people even know today. So I think he was like, okay, well, you're one of my students, so I'll take care of your band. So he was, he did a lovely job for us and he gave us everything we wanted and he didn't mind us giving him directions on how we wanted to sound. Excellent. So that was a really nice recording he did of our EP or actually mastered and put it together. Just amazing. I mean, just his ability to really, hone in on what it is that we needed to do and then sprinkle his, you know, magic fairy dust over it. Amazing stuff. Yeah. Um, so you can hear that EP on an EP called journal of love. It's on, uh, again, the URL is the periodicals.bandcamp.com. 
Cool. So there's three songs on that EP. So uh, there's a song called I Can't Stop. And then there's a song called The Hits Keep Coming. 
And then there's a song called Looks and Lies. Diamond Dave Photography, the photography that supports local music in Wisconsin. It is ready to work with your band or any solo artist on your next promo pictures or band show. To contact Diamond Dave and see previous work, check out Diamond Dave Photography on Facebook and Instagram. Wisconsin Music Podcast is also brought to you by ZTF Studio. ZTF Studio recording and mixing services, specializing in singles, demos, EPs, and LP projects for the last 20 years in southeastern Wisconsin, doing jazz, rock, funk, country, indie, and more. ZTF Studio brings success to your recording project. All right, back to the interview. Next kind of section I like to talk about is the local scene attitude. So I'll kind of get your 
your per perspective on the positives of the local scene? Well, I think, you know, there's some great venues. And one of the things I love, I mentioned earlier, my sort of youth, if you will, my growing up around music and then going out to see live bands and how exciting it was. And I think that Madison is well served for venues that want to put on music. Obviously, we've lost some. And um, yeah. there's... But what I like is that there's kind of a range. We've got some that are, that have got good PAs that have um, really professional kind of setups as well as expectations of good musicians. But we've got some others that really they just kind of expect you to take the chairs out and play just right there <laughs> on the floor with the, with the, with the um, people right. coming to the bar which kind of takes me back to my roots in a weird way, you know, and that <laughs> whole uh, being close to your audience. So that's really, they're, they're good things. I don't know, Heather, whether you think. Well, we are not, not like the Blues Brothers yet, where the band needs to be behind the cage because they're throwing stuff. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. so the people are like still wanting. <laughs> yeah, so they're still wanting to see us, you know, so it. It hasn't gotten that bad yet. You know, compassion hasn't left the audience yet. And um, it's nice to sometimes see some of our fans write things like, man, you know, when we when everybody kind of wasn't doing as much, you know, you'd see posts like, you know, can't wait to see another show. Can't wait to, you know, go see live music. So that's nice. Yeah. You know, it's it's nice that people haven't actually you know, became a shut-in and don't want to see live music, I guess, anymore. <laughs> you know, there's still a few of us out there, you know? Yeah. And what about the the struggles of the local scene that you've seen? What would what would you say were some, hmm. some of those? Um, well, you know, sometimes, you know, y you know, you have certain people, you know, that are just kind of new to the area, right? And mm. so they bring a different sound. Um, it would really kind of be nice, I guess, if Madison would just be a little more um, open to that. But you I don't know. I think anywhere like so over, I think the last 10 years, like even places in Los Angeles where I'm from, there have been people in general who have said, wow, the music scene is, has really just kind of like turned one way or the other, almost kind of like this dark presence on it a little bit. And people are like, you know, where is the. Um, you know, the emotionalness that the artist has where you can see these people, even my sister who lives in Los Angeles is like, she's like, man, you know, I wish she lived out here because nobody really wants to go and see shows and stuff. But mm -hmm. I think the problem is, is the bigger the city gets and the less meditation people do, maybe they get a little distracted, you know, about maybe what they're seeing with live music or something or, or what they're doing as artists. I don't know. I mean, I just kind of feel like I've had a few friends that have had to like remake the way that they do things personally got to be a better vessel, I guess. I kind of hopped around in that. But I think as musicians, the scene depends on us taking care of ourselves as individuals, really, rather than saying these people are this way or that way. It's what you can give because you've replenished the things that you need with yourself and you can let your, your art or your experience come out yeah. better. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. people are going to see good stuff, you know? Yeah. You know, I would add to that, like Heather touched on this, but been more open to kind of novelty, like new things, people coming into town who don't know the, the scene. Yeah. And one of the, you know, it's kind of hard and it's kind of missing is, and I know this from some bands of, um, 
younger musicians that I, I, I am friends with where there's nowhere for them to play. Like nobody wants to take a risk on them and book them to play because they need to bring in, you know, X number of people to the venue, right? So that's hard to do if you're, you know, in your late teens or early 20s necessarily and you're not from Madison, you don't have all your, you know, buddies can show up. Yeah. Um, so it's just a venue that was that's willing to be a safe place for people to just play and not be too concerned about what the consequences are, right? That there's yeah. a cost for play because they won't get booked, not yeah. because good, but because it didn't turn a profit for the for the venue or the bar. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Well, like what you were saying too, John, like sometimes I just kind of wish that some of these places that, you know, have like porches or something in the summer where people can play. It's like, listen, I mean, it, you know, put them out there on your slowest day. You might actually get more lunch special sold. You know, Maybe. it's just like kind yeah. of like not, yeah. you know, not being so busy in your own business crap to where you can't even realize where you're missing money because you just refuse to be open. You know, it's, it, to me, it's yeah. almost, it cuts everyone at the knees. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a good I mean, idea. Yeah. But the other thing is that, you know, kind of at the other end of it, right. We're, we're just coming to the point where, yeah, we're, we're probably looking to be playing med- medium sized venues and there's kind of a, um, monopoly on those venues here in town right so yeah we we'll see how that goes but we we're looking forward to the opportunity to do that and also maybe like i said earlier spreading our wings a little and playing more shows in milwaukee we'd love to do that yeah definitely mm-hmm. work-life balance I'm probably going to go after okay. this one. Yeah. Okay. Sounds, Sounds good. like Heather needs to jump off. because Yeah. So I'm going to say goodbye. Okay. It was nice meeting you. It was nice talking to you and meeting with you. Thanks for having us on here. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, definitely. You have a wonderful afternoon. You too. Okay. All right. Bye. Uh, that was Heather. That was just really beautiful where you were asking about work-life balance and yes. she had to leave because she's got to go to work yeah so, there you go <laughs> um, just stream into action yeah um nearly all of us uh have kids and you know various ages and um families and you're you're always trying to find that sweet spot to to be able to do what you you know, put the time into this yeah and um it's not always easy I mean, one anecdote I would share. So I mentioned, oh, I want to say this too. This is, again, jumping around. But So I came to the U.S. to do a graduate degree in Champaign, Illinois, the University of Illinois. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Champaign is famous for music. But I can tell you that right now there's not a single venue. There's, that's not true. There's a couple of venues, but... You know, one of them is Assembly Hall, which is where, you know, it's an arena where, you know, 20,000 people are going to see a band. So they got that and they got a little place called the Rose Bowl that mainly does kind of country folk stuff. Okay. But all of the other venues have closed. And like Madison, it's kind of a college town. But it's definitely, you know, so on the one hand, Madison's way better than Champagne at this point. But it's also kind of a little bit of a warning about what can happen if you, you're not 
people don't care enough. Or you're not investing enough. And mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the story I was going to say, tell you about my work life balance is that, yeah, so I was there and in grad school and I'd been playing in just before I came, just playing in this band in London that, you know, really should have got signed. We had this management deal and we, you know, we were just kind of on the edge of thinking that we could be, we'd have a, uh, like a recording contract and take this thing to another level. And right. suddenly I'm looking for collaborators here in, in Illinois and, you know, then my personal life took over and I'm, you know, I said I was always writing, but didn't really have time. Moved here to Wisconsin and, you know, I was actually commuting up to the um, Fond du Lac area and I realized that unless I really, unless I really made a commitment, I was never going to have time to start doing what I really, really needed for me to do. I mean, Heather mentioned taking care of yourself, but what I needed to do was music for me, you know, and this may sound really like a brutally simple, that is not to say blindingly obvious thing, but I just said, you know what, I'm going to be home by eight o'clock every Wednesday evening, and I'm going to do two hours or two and a half hours of music every week during that time frame. That is, I'm going to do that. And that, you know, very, very simple thing um, meant I carved out a space. And that's when I started to get together with Jeff and we started to develop the material that has become the basis for the periodicals. Yeah, it's interesting how different people figure out how to balance those two things. How do you do it? Because you're doing a podcast now for goodness sake yeah i mean yeah i teach high school band i do this i do podcast editing for other podcasters and then i also have my recording engineering stuff that i do too so and music production yeah whoa yeah and you're teaching at a high high school yeah 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 i have no idea how you do it i don't take on too much obviously my my teaching gig is my main source of income and everything else is just, you know, cherries on top and I can only put so many yeah. cherries on top. Yes. So the yeah. projects I do for recording and mixing and, and music production is I work with like one band at a time because otherwise it'll just be way too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. That, it, it, no, go ahead. It, it can mushroom very, very quickly. Yeah. If you're not careful. Right. Exactly. And I have to keep ahead for that. Yeah, one of the other things that's in the background to your question, though, is, you know, there's, there's all sorts of comedy skits and um, so on. Um, I'm thinking about Monty Python related to sort of band drama. Yeah. You know, band kind of history and how many, you know, past members we've had and so on, right? I mean, it is hard to maintain and it can be a real crucible for relationships. It's, quite hard on relationships to be in a creative space with people for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, we've had a little bit of turnover, but it's mainly, you know, being because people, um, our former keyboard player, Niall, who plays um, keyboards, um, main most of the keyboards on that um, EP um, that you're going to play cuts from, he ended up moving to Boston and we had a keyboard player before him, Brandon McCarty, who, uh, moved to Philadelphia 
And, you know, we love the Philly sound, but it, it went the other way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you, 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 then you're going to have to find new folks, but just trying to, that's one of the, look, being older, uh, one of the benefits is doing, dealing with all that sort of drama is a lot easier. Okay. You know, you know what, you know, uh, you've kind of seen it before. Gotcha. Some of it, right? right? Um, but look, we are dealing with people's creative um, edge sometimes, and yeah, that's that can be a, a, a quite a, a, a sensitive spot for people, and you know, egos and and everything else. So yeah. you you got to be um, you got to be open to who they are, and the alternative is. Um, that you just do everything yourself. And I mean, I know people who, you know, ended up frustrated enough that, that they're more or less doing, they're trying to be Prince, you yeah, know, right. but there's only one Prince. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason why Prince is so revered and there is an amazing difference between just doing something that has your um, creative energy and the limitations of your own um, creative imagination and talent and then as hard work as it might be um, having five or six other people alongside you who can make it trans- you know transform it into something that's going to be knock people out yeah yeah I have only like two more questions for you if you have the time sure one is have you considered giving up music at any time uh, well, like I was saying, I kind of did. I mean, I never gave it up. I'm the kind of guy that I'm singing in the car. I used to have to commute like an hour away and there and back. I'm still kind of practicing, but I'm also writing kind of all the time. And things like voice memos on cell phones are just a great thing because you can just flip it on. Right. And you can capture it in the moment and uh, yeah, you can be a, you never stop writing once you're like, it's, I'm doing it in my sleep. Right. So you've never sat down with yourself and, and thought it out thinking maybe I should just quit. You've no matter what. you No, I mean, I did think how on earth is this going to work? I never thought, and I've definitely thought, do I have anything to say? Do I have anything worth saying? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And I've definitely thought, Am I, am I somebody that people want to hear? And I, I still think that. Yeah. Um, but you, you get a reaction. Heather mentioned this earlier from people, and you realise that you are speaking to them. That it is something that makes a difference in their life. And if you can just kind of turn one or two heads, it's worth doing. I agree. I, I've had the same kind of thoughts in my head too. So yeah, at least it's not just, you know, you by yourself thinking that <laughs> other well, people think exactly the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I've worked with people who really do think that, that somehow the world wants to hear everything that they're doing. Right. Right. I mean, Zach sort of between us, I mean, I really struggle with some of the social media stuff, not because I'm not social media savvy, but I don't know that necessarily I've got a lot of important things to say most of the time. Right. Yeah. So maybe ration it out a little. Got 
is there any gigs that you had has made an an impression on you either as an audience member or someone up on stage? Oh, wow. Um, well, I'm really going to show my, I did earlier kind of show my age somewhat, right? Um, when I mentioned the specials, I, the first shows I, I went to the local bands, like I was saying before, just basically playing on the carpet yeah. in uh, pubs and clubs. But it was in an era where, you know, punk had turned into new wave and there were so many bands and so many people playing out and trying to do stuff. And everybody was trying to change the world through music. Large kind of local venue near me, uh, fortunate um, grown up, was in a Finsbury Park in North London called The Rainbow. Uh, quite a famous venue, if you've not heard of it, kind of look it up. Closed some years ago now. But I was lucky enough to see bands, um, you know, like uh, The Jam and... Uh, the Clash and you know Elvis Costello uh, UB40 um, the Specials um, and these are bands that really um, you know kind of had the the English beat that had a huge impact on me growing up um, you know I then I I went to see Mick Jones play in uh the band that he uh, big audio dynamite that he put together that sort of followed up from the clash uh, at the town and country club in Kentish town. And that was one of those shows where everybody was just breath there. It was breathtaking, right? It was different. It was the first, you know, kind of beatbox um, based stuff that anybody was doing in a kind of rock way. And you had, I mean, it was really, um, there was an amazingly diverse audience, men and women, black and white. I mean, it was a thing. So that definitely is a kind of an audience person, obviously kind of going back to the 80s for that. I, yeah, I want to say this, there's a point, what, when you're playing a show, here's what, I, what happens to me is, I want to see, when I'm looking out over the, audience you know i might see some people i recognize but particularly if it's quite uh densely packed if the audience is pretty kind of close together i want to see the heads bobbing i want to see the heads moving right when Mm -hmm. i see the heads moving i know that you know people are moving with the sound and i just kind of you know one all of us on stage we get an energy from that you know you're really starting to rock the, the house a little, right? Um, so that's that's kind of what I look for. I, I totally agree. And the last thing I ask is, what's on your playlist right now? What artists are you listening to, either local or na- national, that you'd like to give shout-outs to? Ouch. Um, <laughs> I should have prepared for this question. Um yeah, what artists am I listening to right now? Um, you know, uh, I'm drawing a complete blank. I mean, I have to say, I really like Sister Strings, who uh, are going to be playing with us on the weekend. They're really quite amazing. Um, other local acts, uh, there's a band called The Earthlings that we did a show with um, last, you know, kind of the summer before the pandemic. Um, I haven't seen them playing lately, but if you haven't come across them, they're really, really worth seeing. They're phenomenally good. 
you know, and again, this expands, these are more um, local, regional, um, the November criminals who are Milwaukee and um, I, I'd mentioned to you, I think, when we talked on the phone before, they're a polka hip-hop band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I I think they're phenomenal. They're really phenomenal. So I would pitch those three at you. Okay. Excellent. Well, John, uh, thank you so much for being on the Wisconsin Music Podcast. I'm sorry that Heather had to leave a little early, but it was great talking to both of you. Oh, absolute pleasure, Zach. I'm very glad to be here and love what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. I hope everybody enjoyed that conversation with John and Heather from the Periodicals. I know I did, and they have such great music, so I hope you enjoyed that as well. There's one more song at the end of this little outro, and we'll see you guys on the Friday Music Showcase. Also, don't forget that we have the Friday Music Showcase coming up on, of course, Friday. If you want your music heard on our Music Showcase, please send an email to Wisconsin Music Podcast at gmail.com with Friday Music Showcase in the subject of the email. If you want to be a guest on the Monday interview portion of the podcast, please fill out the guest request form on the website and look for a follow-up email asking for all your information pertaining to your music. It might land in your junk or spam folder, so check there. Have a great week, everybody. Podcast theme music by Nate Wyckoff of Frequency Farm recording studio voiceover by dean bundy syndicated on cwhiphop.com wisconsin's online radio hip-hop station sponsored by ztf studio and diamond dave photography wisconsin music podcast was created edited mixed and mastered by me zach t fell of ztf studio have a great week everybody see you next time
Take, take it all 